Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. First off, before we forget it, if you're one of the approximately 13% or so of Microsoft Windows users who are still running Windows 7 or one or another of the varieties of Windows 8, we're afraid your time has come. Microsoft has finally pulled the plug on software and security updates and any semblance of tech support for those versions of Windows. From now on, using any of those Windows systems is really asking for trouble. Just thought we'd let you know. Oh yeah, and a whole lot of users' personal information of one sort or another has been stolen in the past couple of weeks through breaches of LastPass, Slack, and CircleCI. Today's edition is not about breaches, but if listeners happen to use any of these services, it would be a very good idea to check for notices from those providers about what you should do, and then do it, and fast. That might be a bit difficult in the case of CircleCI, since users don't even know they access that service, a service used by a million developers or so to service 30,000 organizations. It's a good idea to pay attention to any notices we may receive from organizations that we're members of or do business with that may politely suggest it would be a good idea to change our passwords or check our credit card statements or whatever. Oh, right. And the names and selected other personal info about people using Twitter in 2021, about 400 million of them, appeared for sale on the web a week ago. Just thought we'd mention it in case you used Twitter back then. But enough of that sort of stuff. On to today's topic. One that's going to be a bit disturbing if you happen to be a teacher. Well, for all of us really, but certainly if you're a teacher. Regular listeners may recall that on a previous program, we discussed GPT-3, a system that, given a few text prompts, will turn out a surprisingly well-written document in a few seconds. GPT, by the way, stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, and the three indicates it's the third iteration of this technology. So, suppose you're a teacher of almost any subject. Chances are that at least some assignments for your students involve research and writing. Say you've assigned your history class an assignment to do a paper on the causes of World War I. If you're a computer-savvy student, you may decide to head over to get a little bit of help from ChatGPT. Put in a few words like, for example, causes of World War I in an academic paper style, and poof, in seconds, yes, we said seconds, there on the student's screen is a grammatical, very readable essay. Perhaps a little questionable on fact, but nonetheless, right there on the screen. That little visit to ChatGPT saved someone a lot of time, but it created a very big headache for you as a teacher trying to decide if the student's paper is the student's own work or the product of an artificially intelligent generative pre-trained transformer. How could you tell? More importantly, is that even something you should be spending your time on? Good questions. And at the moment, questions without good answers. Which may be why the New York City public school system 
has blocked access to ChatGPT on any of the city school system's computers. But since ChatGPT is available online, there are plenty of other ways to connect. And that leaves teachers with potentially big headaches. Should handing in a paper generated in large part by AI be considered plagiarism? Probably not using the term as it's now understood. After all, the student is the one that supplied the directions to the AI generator in the first place. Would the student, or anyone using AI in this way for that matter, be able to copyright an AI-produced paper, or a poem, or any other sort of work? Maybe, maybe not. That's not at all clear at present. On the other hand, there are many positive potential uses for GPT-produced text. Someone who's dyslexic, for example, might be able to write clearer emails using this technology. Folks with other sorts of disabilities might benefit as well. Local newspapers, or even national ones, are struggling financially as the web strips them of advertising revenue. They might find these tools a significant financial benefit. In fact, we'd put 10 bucks on the table betting that we've all recently read a piece at an online news site or blog that was generated using one of these AI text generating programs. These generators may not be ready to write War and Peace yet, but they can certainly write a short news story or a sports report that is completely acceptable to almost all readers and that saves financially strapped outlets money and it's pretty certain this text generation will just get better. Up in Canada, the CBC recently visited a college professor of ethics to talk over the use of ChatGPT. In the process, the professor, Maura Grossman, demonstrated how the system worked and used generating a poem as an example. From that CBC report, quote, ChatGPT was asked to write a poem about the benefits of winter. It wrote, Winter's here, a time of cheer. The air is crisp, the sky is clear. The trees are bare, but in the air, there's magic that's beyond compare. Grossman then asked it to revise the poem to rhyme less and be more soulful. This is how it revised the text. Winter's chill, a crispness in the air. The trees stand bare, stripped of their leaves. The sky is gray, a blanket overhead, but there's a stillness, a sense of peace instead." End quote. Not Robert Frost, but we've certainly seen worse. There are a lot of questions about AI text generation, ranging from how it got access to the millions of text examples on the web that it used to learn from, and that is an increasingly big question, because anyone with any material on the web might have had that material used for training ChatGPT without anyone asking permission of the copyright holders. And on to questions of who owns, and in what sense, the material that the program generates. Not to mention a horde of ethical questions about academic integrity, generating misinformation, or, as has already happened, generating malicious computer code that can infect millions of personal computers. ChatGPT and its analogs may be able to generate all kinds of text documents, but it can't generate how to decide how they should 
or shouldn't be used. That is a job for all of us. And we'll keep pondering how to do it wisely and well right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.